0: Welcome to the sharing the heart of the matter podcast, where we look for inspiration on the journey to discover what matters most. I'm Win Leon and in this episode, I'm with my co co-host, Dr. Vicki Atkinson and writer blogger, Mark Petresca. And we are talking about personal anthems and resiliency. Do you have a personal anthem? That song that runs through your head and heart when you face something tough? think about it as I do the rest of the intro and see what comes up for you. In this episode, Mark reads his post, Eye of the Tiger, Thrill the Fight for us, the story of his divorce, then dating, and finally his career switch to becoming a full-time writer. We uncover how Mark used both an 80s pop song, The Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, as well as the character of Rocky to give him a boost when needed through challenging times. We find out from Mark how blocking helped him find his voice, be vulnerable and get support during hard times, and eventually even led to his now wife, Tara. Mark reveals how the practice helped him find the confidence to pursue a full-time writing career. Hard times sometimes last for years as we work through major life changes like divorce. So Mark tells us what kept him laughing during times when life events didn't seem very funny. And finally, we end talking about optimism and resiliency. Mark ties it all together with the three P's of positive psychology from Martin Seligman. Okay, back to our question about your personal anthem. I didn't think I had one, but this is my fight song. Take back my life song by Rachel Platt came to mind when I posed the question. Whoa, I should have warned you before I started singing. I have a mantra that I talk about in this episode, and Vicky reveals her personal anthem. Spoiler alert, it's I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. If you haven't thought of one, we have a link to a great resource of personal anthem suggestions in the show notes. This is a great episode about using personal anthems through difficult circumstances to keep us motivated and energized to get back up again. I know you'll love it. Hey, Mark. Hello. Vicki and I are so glad to see you today. We love your post, Eye of the Tiger, Thrill of the Fight, and I'm wondering if we could get you to read it
1: for us. I don't think that was in my contract.
0: <laughs> Time to renegotiate.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a shot.
2: Yay! <laughs>
1: Okay, but I have to warn you, I'm not singing the lyrics to Eye of the Tiger.
2: <laughs> what?
1: Fair song enough. are doing everybody a favor. I'll read them. I think everybody knows the song well enough that they can figure out the beat on their own.
3: Absolutely. It'll be the audience participation portion of the podcast. Everyone get ready to kind of cue up the tune in their heads, right?
1: Yeah. There we go. Yeah, kind of like yeah. a... Karaoke of sorts. Sure. Last month's post about resiliency inspired me. It's amazing how we find the courage to bounce back from difficult situations, drawing upon deep wells of inner strength we never knew we possessed. Or in my case, listening to an 80s pop song. In 2006, my life got flipped, turned upside down when my marriage went up in flames. She'd been my high school sweetheart, But after 14 years of marriage, we simply grew apart. Plus, she was stepping out on me, which is really just a plaiter way of saying she was cheating on my ass. We sold our home, split the proceeds, and were each able to buy condos thanks to the red-hot Pacific Northwest housing market. We worked out a shared custody arrangement with the kids, who were 6 and 11 at the time, and I suddenly found myself living alone for the first time in my adult life. I was 37 years old and terrified. For starters, there was the prospect of dating. My wounds were fresh, but I was in the prime of my life and didn't want to grow old alone. Everyone assured me there were plenty of fish in the sea, but I had no idea how to reel them in. I wasn't exactly Rico Suave with the ladies, and if you were too young in 1990 to know what I'm talking about, feel free to Google Gerardo. Or really don't. I had basically settled down as a teenager and never dreamed I'd be going out on dates again single parenting something else i never imagined i'd be doing was another part of the equation our custody arrangement was straightforward the kids would split time between both parents one week on one week off at first this was no big deal during those tumultuous final months of our marriage i'd pretty much been doing it all myself anyway the kids looked up to me as their hero because their mom was never around stepping out is full-time work don't you know That first kid-free week, I was lonely and miserable. I'd never lived on my own before and didn't know what to do with myself. After three days of wallowing, it suddenly dawned on me that I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. So I ordered a pizza and watched Rocky. And I realized that movie was the ultimate parable about overcoming adversity. I was so impressed with Rocky Balboa's rise to the top, despite overwhelming odds, it was all I could do not to hang a side of raw beef from the ceiling and start pounding it with my fists. Instead, I watched the rest of the Rocky movies and in Rocky Three, the one with Mr. T, I found my anthem, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Rising up, back on the street, did my time, took my chances. Went the distance, now I'm back on my feet, just the man and his will to survive. The next few years were challenging, I ended up dating a bunch of crazies, the kids grew rebellious, and I found myself upside down on my mortgage after being saddled with one of those sketchy arm loans. Those are hands down the darkest days of my life. Whenever I felt overwhelmed, I listened to Eye of the Tiger. It always gave me the will to fight. So many times it happens too fast. You change your passion for glory. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. When I lost my job in 2010, I realized I had long ago given up on my dreams of the past. My passion was writing, yet I had settled for lame customer service jobs. I asked myself, WWRD? What would Rocky do, of course, was fight for what he wanted. I faced long odds as I had no professional experience as a writer, but I possessed two important traits, talent and confidence, so I geared up for the fight of my life. Face-to-face, face, out in the heat, hanging tough, staying hungry. They stack the odds till we take to the street for the kill with a skill to survive. I didn't get there right away. It took several years of paying my dues, taking assignments that paid $12, not an hour, $12 total, just to build up a portfolio. I landed a few freelance assignments here and there, segued into a marketing job, and eventually, in December 2012, opportunity came knocking. I was offered my first ever full-time writing job, and I have never looked back since. Rising up straight to the top, had the guts, got the glory. Went the distance, now I'm not going to stop, just a man and his will to survive. Along the way, the rest of my life fell into place as well. I met Tara, a fellow blogger, and despite the fact that she lived 900 plus miles away in Ely, Nevada, Long distance relationships never work, right? In two months, we will celebrate our 10th anniversary. We are incredibly happy together, have a wonderful home in Wisconsin, and I get paid to do what I love. And while I got there, through hard work and determination, I feel I owe at least some of that credit to a pop song from 1982. Thank you, Survivor, for making me a Survivor. That
0: is great. Mark, I think... You know, if there's ever any doubt that you are in the right job as a full time writer, you prove it every time you write a post. I I just
1: love your writing. Ditto. That's very kind of both of you to say. Um, You know, it's funny. I recently stumbled upon some old blog posts from 2009. I actually started out on blogger.com before I found WordPress. There's only a handful of them, thankfully. But I was reading through them, and I hardly even recognize the words. It's like they (laughs) could have been written by a stranger. So I think. You think your writing
0: style is that? Because your writing style has changed, or have you changed?
1: Well, yeah. It lacked personality. It was more like Mm -hmm. a retelling of my day, which Mm -hmm. pretty straightforward. It was almost like a high school essay, if Mm -hmm. you will.
2: Yeah.
1: I kind of pride myself on writing humorous posts and. Kind of casual, and these were not like that at all. So it was it was a weird experience looking back through those. I do think over the years, I definitely found my voice through blogging, and that gave me the confidence to actually pursue that writing career, even without any formal experience.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And Mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind, I was blogging for eleven years before I ever became a professional writer. So blogging really did, to me, lay the foundation for what is a successful career now.
0: Right, right. And I imagine that, you know, going through that progression, you get to know your audience better. I mean, I think the first blog post, when you don't know who it is that's reading it and really what you're aiming for, um, those are hard. And then, you know, you build the relationships like we have with you.
1: Absolutely true. I mean, those early posts on WordPress, I might have like, two or three readers. Mm -hmm. And really for seven, eight, nine years, that's all my audience ever was and I didn't care. But then a few years ago, I just got it in my head that I really wanted to interact more with bloggers Mm -hmm. and find some new people to read and get to know through blogging. And so I kind of, yeah, cast a further net and found a lot of new people to follow and, Mm been great really gotten to know them over the years
2: right
3: and i love what you said about you know going back to your early blogs and almost feeling like it was a different version of yourself maybe Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i was listening to you read and and i was struck by you know why your writing is so compelling it's not just doses of humor but i was taking notes this time and i mean you covered in one post love and relationships parenting finances career job loss career changes and finding your purpose and then well of course pop music you know mixed in for good measure you know as motivation Um, but all throughout you talked about like you know talent is one thing but confidence about the talent is something else and it, that was a, a power-packed post because it brought so much forward. But I think readers love reading what you write because it's so full of marked goodness and candor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And see, that's what was missing from those early posts, the marked yeah. goodness and candor. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? yeah. I think for fun, I might share some of those on my blog. Like, mm. Here's a repost from 2009. See if you recognize this guy, because I don't.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, but well, I, I think, think one of my very first blog posts, when reached out to me, and I was, and I said to her, was, is it too much? Is it too little? I think it's that's the balancing act, right, with new bloggers. It's like, am I hitting it right?
1: That's an excellent point. And if anything, I tend to be long-winded. It's just who I am. I mean, I don't write every day like some people. I won't name names because they might be listening. <laughs> river girl <laughs> so when i do write i mean i try to like catch up on everything that's happened in the last if it's four days five days a week has gone by i want to kind of cover those bases and
2: yeah. you know i always
1: worry about running out of things to say but i never seem to run out of things to say so
0: there you go you've been blogging for decades
2: <laughs> yep <laughs>
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And this post,
3: this post covered a lot of ground, right? right. It wasn't a few days. It was, you know, a, but you know
0: um, your life. That's one of the things that, that struck me about the post is that those circumstances in which we need to be resilient, they last many years. I mean, it's yeah. not, you don't just get divorced and find a new relationship and parent kids, all those things that takes, that's, I mean, those are big statements. And then the way that you employed a mantra um, using the song as well as a character, as in what would Rocky do? Those are two incredibly powerful tools. Um, And I found, you know, I've done sort of the same in my Rocky times. Can you speak to how coming back to those helped you kept, kept you going?
1: Well yeah, I mean it was just the perfect movie and also the perfect song for that time of my mm-hmm. life and you know it wasn't even until you had mentioned your rocky times that I realized well even the name of the character in the movie <laughs> kind of indicative of what yeah. was going on in my life and then the the fact that the name of the band is Survivor I mean it all seems very serendipitous to me.
0: It's perfect. My mantra from my divorce years. Was um, from the best exotic Marigold Hotel.
2: Oh, never
1: saw it.
0: And the mantra is it'll be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end.
1: Oh, I like oh.
3: that. It was That's a good cool. one. I, when was great. that a song? I love the movie. Mark, mm-hmm. you need to like watch it. It's very sweet, but it was just something that one of the characters offered up.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Huh, I love
1: that. Wait. Wait, a sweet code word for a chick flick? <laughs>
3: Yes. Yes. Darn it. Darn it. You figured us out. Darn it. (laughs) Uh, But yes, you're right. Coming back to what you were saying,
0: Rocky, Survivor, those are just, uh, talk about just words, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I was feeling very beat down at that time of my Mm -hmm. life and wondering how I would survive. Everything was very Rocky. Mm -hmm. But those movies, I was inspired by Rocky's never quit attitude. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he kept getting up kind of showed me that I could do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anybody listening who hasn't seen the first Rocky movie, but just in case, spoiler alert, <laughs> Rocky doesn't even win the fight in the end, and yet he comes back for how many sequels? There's at <laughs> least six Rocky movies, plus all the spin-offs with Apollo Creed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. if my problems are trivial compared to his if he's got the will to come back and keep fighting for so long i felt surely i could do the same and i know i joked about hanging a side of beef from the ceiling and beating on it with my fists well rocky does that and he ends up bloodied and battered but he still continues so i just thought surely i could figure out how to beat loneliness conquer single parenting and win the dating game (laughs) oh
3: of course No problem, right?
1: Metaphors galore.
3: Yes. Yes. Well, and I have to ask, does this mean that you're a Stallone fan? Like, are you watching Tulsa King because you see him, you know, having conquered other things, right? I'm I'm getting waves of, yeah, you're you're down for Stallone no matter what he's doing, yes?
1: Funny that you brought that up because we absolutely did watch Tulsa Kings and loved it.
3: Yeah. It
1: was really good. Really good. Um, Ditto.
3: Yeah, I haven't
1: actually watched the Rocky movies in a few years, but I've got them on DVD. Yes, I still have DVDs (laughs) and (laughs) honestly, all of our DVDs are still packed up. So that's part Mm. of the reason why I haven't watched any Rocky movies lately.
0: Right. All right. You are so delightfully humorous about your life in this post. But what kept you laughing?
1: just the pure absurdity of it all. I mean, I met my ex in high school. We got married young. That was it. My path was all laid out for me. And then it's as if a giant fissure just opened up in the earth and swallowed that road I was walking on. It's just so ridiculous and unexpected.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. And then... All my dating misadventures, which I've alluded to, but that's a separate (laughs) podcast. (laughs) We have to do that another time.
2: Yeah, I
3: think those
2: stories.
3: (laughs) I know for our listeners, we got a little inside info before we hit record here, so we'll have to come back around to that topic, Mr. Petruska. Just
2: saying. Bring Mm -hmm.
3: it
0: on. Yeah. you switch jobs, too. I mean, it's not just that the marriage path ended. And you, you switch jobs. And and I, I love when you, you make the, the switch from customer service to full-time writing job. I mean, it's so inspiring. But you say you took jobs for $12 a job. And that, for me, that brings to mind a quote from Howard Thurman to mine. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And clearly you ended up in the right spot. And did you know that at the time? Were you feeling that
1: spark of Oh, I knew it long before I ever got there. I knew mm-hmm. that I was destined to be a writer for many, many years. And so, yeah, we've talked about manifesting before. I just went out and made it happen. Right. I mean, writing is what made me feel alive. It was the only thing I wanted to do in life. And I knew I was good at it, so I went out and did it.
0: Right. It's such a simple sentence, but it's hard to do. I mean, that going through those jobs that pay twelve dollars, you know, switching and and the doubt that comes with it. I mean, I, it's just so impressive to to get it done.
1: Yeah, the twelve dollar jobs. Those were content farms, and mm-hmm. I was basically prostituting myself out to build up a portfolio. But at yeah. the same time, it worked out because I was out of work at the time. Mm-hmm. So what else was I going to do? Mm-hmm. can't sit around and watch Rocky all day, every day. <laughs> doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. No,
3: but Mark, you also mentioned that, you know, you were like blogging. Did I hear you write like for 11 years before you were actually, you know, getting paid to write? Did your your blogging routine kind of stoke the fire a little bit keep you engaged when you weren't necessarily making money yet
1: yes 100 percent that was a creative outlet that mm-hmm. I definitely needed um, as I mentioned earlier it helped me build confidence in my writing and I think it helped me fine-tune that voice yeah. so I might not have been there in 2009 on those blogger posts but I think today I'm there
0: yeah yeah For sure. And I think greasing, I mean, and just exercising that muscle.
1: Yeah. Um, And another thing, while I was going through the divorce, I was blogging on a private nameless site, but Mm -hmm. I had a lot of support from my readers. I had people that had gone through the same thing as me and they Mm -hmm. were giving me advice and they were there to pick me up when I was feeling down. And I will never forget that. And one of those people was Tara.
2: She was Mm -hmm. blogging on
1: that site and little did we know that someday because she was going through her own marital struggles at the time so yeah. we related on on those grounds wow yeah, we well, didn't actually yeah. be there for many years after that but it definitely kind of you know laid the groundwork for yeah what became of us
0: right and i've said this about you know meeting the the few bloggers that i've done in person sometimes you know just the the vulnerability that we show in our writing sometimes paves the way for those deep relationships. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yes, that was definitely the case here. I was surprisingly vulnerable.
2: hmm
1: Not too long ago, I went back and read through all those posts from 2006. I can't believe all the stuff that I put out there, but I'm mm-hmm. glad I did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because that has to be, you know, at least part of of you getting to know Tara and and the relationship that evolved.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not just Tara. There's still other blogging friends to this day who no longer blog, but they're very much a part of my life. And I consider Mm -hmm. them close friends. And they were reading me back then as well.
0: Right. You just had a couple come visit you. Uh, Jess.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah, just right before my parents came to visit, they flew out from North Carolina and just visited us for the day. But, yeah, that's just another example. I had even forgotten that they were bloggers, but she was. That's how we yeah. met.
3: Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. There seems to be, like, depth, right? You talked about your early blogging you know, Mark, and how it was maybe yeah. my word, not yours, but a, a little more superficial and maybe a little more guarded. But I feel like bloggers make amazing connections, because there is that soul sharing that just kind of happens. You give a little, I give a little, you know, you meet in the middle with people sharing their truth. And it's, it's powerful. It's not real life, but still powerful.
1: Right? Well, yeah. And then when you start dating a blogger, and then marrying a blogger, and you both know each other's deepest, darkest secrets, it makes for a very (laughs) weird dynamic. Yeah. But a good Uh, one. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Weird and lovely. Yes.
1: Uh, It's working for us for whatever reason.
0: That's great. Yeah. Is there anything that you would go back and tell your former self going through those hard times?
1: Yes. Don't waste your time on dead ends. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay. And take that how you will. Some of it refers to relationships. Some of it refers to some of those dead end jobs where I wasn't making the moves to get me into the writing career that I wanted.
0: Yeah. Right. I think that's brilliant advice. I think I would just to say this from my personal experience, some of my dead ends taught me to listen to my inner self a little bit better. Yeah.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I've had some bad experiences in my life, but I've learned from them, so mm-hmm. I think they've made me the person who I am today.
2: Yeah,
3: a little bit say, I, of pain and suffering will do that, right? Sorry. Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd rather not go through those experiences again, but yeah. I'm in a good place now, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we, we see this also with our kids, right? They, we don't want them to experience that pain and suffering, but boy, is it a, good teacher
1: it is and I will take the opportunity to give a shout out to both my kids they had it rough yeah obviously going through a divorce is not something anyone ever wants to do and I didn't have that experience growing up I came from Beaver Cleaver household my parents are still together they've been married 55 plus years and they have the perfect marriage so I never experienced that and Mm-hmm. I know it was hard on them, shuttling back and forth between houses, and you know, never had one foot planted firmly on the ground in either place. And mm-hmm. just the fact that they're they're doing so well now. My son um, moved out to New York City mm-hmm. on a whim uh, late last year. Uh, he'd been living at home for uh, his entire adult life, and so he finally branched out and moved out there to give it a go, and then just. A week and a half ago, my daughter moved out to Colorado to start a new life. They had both lived their whole lives in the Pacific Northwest. So I think maybe both of them have that same adventurous spirit that Mm -hmm. I have and aren't afraid to move and switch up their lives. So I don't know. Maybe it's in the genes.
0: Maybe so. Maybe. 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 If they haven't watched Rocky lately, maybe
1: they should. (laughs) actually that definitely runs in the family
2: (laughs) yeah
3: well and I have to ask what happens now if Aya the Tiger comes on and you're like maybe in one of your Wisconsin supper clubs or you're driving do you kind of lose your mind a little bit because you're toe tapping or more what happens when your anthem comes on and you're not not prepared
1: I tell them to turn it up <laughs> yeah or, you know yes. they've got those virtual jukeboxes now touch tunes I think they're called Oh yeah. I will frequently if we're going to be there for a couple hours I'll load it up and I'll play songs and yeah I have the tiger comes up often I
0: love it that's great I love okay it. I got one last question for you sure how do you think resilience and optimism go together
1: like peas and carrots or as we say in Wisconsin, like cheese curds and ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously though, you can't have one without the other. And I'm gonna refer to my notes here because um, I can't remember this guy's name and all of his teachings, but there's a psychologist named Martin Seligman and he's known as the Mm -hmm. father of positive psychology yeah. So he actually studied how people respond to hardship, and he developed what he calls the three P's model of resiliency.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And those three P's refer to personaliz- personalization, pervasiveness, and permanence. Sorry, I stumbled. That's a lot of P's. Mm-hmm. Um, but personalization refers to the fact that we hold ourselves accountable for bad things that happen. If you think mm-hmm. of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh and his "woes me. Mm-hmm. And then pervasiveness is when we assume negative situations impact all areas of our lives. So, for instance, if we interview for a job and we don't get the job, we think, well, I'm never going to get hired for any job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then permanence, the last P, is the belief that bad experiences last forever. They're not just one-time events. So, if you're a pessimist, you're going to believe in all of those things. And how are you ever going to rebound from difficult times? You're not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But being an optimist, I don't hold myself accountable for bad things that happen. I know most of them are beyond my control. I don't assume just because something bad happens, everything that happens is going to be bad. And I don't think that bad experiences last forever. And obviously, mm-hmm the divorce and the joblessness Mm -hmm. and all of that are proof to me that things do get better and they Mm -hmm. do change. And so maybe one of the reasons I'm such an optimist is just through personal experience. Things always have gotten better. So I choose to believe that they will always continue to get better too.
0: Right. That's some good stuff. It is. Martin Seligman.
1: Never yeah, heard tra-
3: of him before, but... Oh, <laughs> well, really? In the trade, we call him Mr. Happy, Mr. Positive Psychology, right? But yeah, you did a great job describing. You
1: Do know,
2: you
3: really know of his, him? Okay. I, yeah, well, my background is in psych, so in positive okay. psychology, yeah. But I think you That's picked good. a beautiful theory to bring forward, and it's it, it's about detaching, you know, and letting go of some of the exact three things that you mentioned, Right. And I love that it's three P's, but you're also talking about the fourth P, which is pessimism. Right. And trying to let it go. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well done. Well
0: Well done. done. We love the anthem. We love the post. We love you, Mark. Thank you for coming on and taking the time to share all this great and deep experience with us.
1: Thank you for having me, and I'm sure your listeners will hear more of me at some point. Just a warning, but I'm still not going to be singing.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. We planted a couple Easter eggs here about a few things, but we'll we'll work on the singing part. We could have like a whole series about personal anthems, right? I, I, we'd love to know what Wins is. Mine is Tom Petty, right? Mm. I, I think it, having an anthem is a good thing. I Won't Back Down Is is a great one. But Mm -hmm. uh, no singing, right, Mm -mm. (laughs) Wynn?
1: That is a great anthem, by the way. I love Tom Petty.
3: Yeah, and there's a great resource. We can link it if it's helpful from timeout.com that lists sort of the top 30-something personal anthems because it's a great way to relieve stress. It it truly Mm -hmm. is for people to kind of step out of themselves. Music is magic.
1: Absolutely. worked for Uh me. I'm sure it works for a lot of people.
0: Right. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Our music is "With a Little Help from My Friends" by Lennon and McCartney, performed by Carolyn Leon. Please visit our website at sharingtheheartofthematter.com for show notes and more great inspiration.